Good morning, church. As we move into our new building here, I thought um, it'd be a good opportunity to pray for our our neighbours. So if you join me this morning, let's pray. God, we pray for the retirees across the car park in Cheriton Lodge. And we may, may we be a blessing to them um, in their lives. We pray that they find peace and great connection with friends and family during this time. Help us to establish healthy relationships with them. Show us ways we can be blessing in their lives, even if it means simply respecting their privacy. We pray for the health services, those that are leaving this facility, that you be with those uh, medical staff and employees during this challenging time and this change. And we pray that you make their way clear and their paths straight in this next chapter. We pray for those that are staying and we ask that you bless their business and make them known. We believe for healthy workplace environments and this campus um, will be known for its goodness. May your presence be felt on this property, Lord. We pray for uh, Belair Primary School. We pray for the students and teachers and we ask for strength and resilience in this time. For Sarah Walding particularly, the pastoral care worker, we pray that she can be, feel supported in her role and find breakthroughs in her relationships with the children that she works with. Give her favour amongst the staff and the kids. For the Catholic Church across the road, Lord, we ask that um, you help us to build meaningful relationships with them and their community and show us how we can support them as brothers and sisters in faith. We pray for those that are unwell in their congregation and stand with them in solidarity, believing for healing. Lord, we pray for the boundary neighbours. We ask for good health and hope in this challenging season. And if there's any sickness, we ask that they will find healing. God, we want to pray as we move into this facility that once operated as a medical clinic, that we can continue to provide healing as a church to those in the community that seek it. Lord, you're the ultimate healer. Amen. Be blessed, church. I'll pass over to Dave. Good morning, everybody. Great to be with you today. Great to be with you to share God's word. Called my message today, Connection. Keys to connecting with God. How to get on with God. I want to look at our part and I want to look at God's part in our connecting. In terms of connecting with God, there are many scriptural lead-ins to this question. But today I want to look at Bible stories that tell us and teach us the different ways that we can connect up with God. Firstly, our part. Number one, seek him. We're told in God's word, if you seek him, he will be found of you. Those who seek me, find me. Seek the Lord while he may be found. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now there are many different ways that we might seek and connect with God. The shepherds heeded the angel's direction and went into Bethlehem. The wise men followed a star. Old Simeon was moved by the spirit and went into the temple. Simon Peter went with his brother Andrew to see Andrew's new friend. Zacchaeus climbed a sycamore tree. Nicodemus went and asked some questions at night. And a thief reached out when hanging on a cross. The result of this seeking was connecting up with Jesus. 
and with the connecting up with Jesus, we come to connect up with God the Father. Come with me to Acts uh, 17, and I'm going to read verses 26 and 27. From one man, God made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. If we seek him, God will arrange to meet us. We will connect. Secondly, pray. What is prayer? It's communication with God. It can be in spoken words. It can mean just our thinking. Of course, we can write down our words. Deuteronomy 4.7, The Lord our God is near us whenever we pray. Jesus said, always pray. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Pray continually, which tells us God listens continually. I want to speak uh, about Hezekiah, the king of Judea. Now, he was near the point of death, and Isaiah was summoned and came into uh, the court, and he said, I'm sorry, Hezekiah, you need to get your house in order because you are going to die. We read that Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord and wept bitterly. What does turn his face to the wall mean? Commentators suggest that there were other people present. Hezekiah turned away from them and looked solely at God and prayed. Now before Isaiah could even get out of the court, he was on the way out, God spoke to him and said, Go back, Isaiah, and tell Hezekiah, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. So Isaiah turned around, went back to Hezekiah and told him the good news. God listens to our prayers and he also sees our tears. God comes near when we pour out our heart to him in prayer. It's a wonderful way of connection. Now I need to just note, we may not always get what we want when we pray, but we can be sure God listens and cares. Now you might be saying those two points are pretty obvious, David. Yes, they're foundational keys to connection. But now I want to discuss some character qualities that I believe attract God to connect with us. The first one, humility. God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. My Bible example today is Jairus. He was a synagogue ruler, so he was a person of some honour and authority. He came to Jesus by the Sea of Galilee and we're told he fell at his feet. He made knelt at his feet. And then he pleaded with Jesus to come to heal his 12-year-old daughter that was near death. Jesus just said, I'm coming. Jesus went with him straight away. Straight away there was connection. The man's humility in coming and bowing before him and of course pleading for his little 12-year-old daughter moved Jesus. And the Bible is full of similar examples. God is moved by humility. In fact, the little girl died as Jesus and Jairus were heading back to his house. Didn't stop Jesus. He went in and he healed the little, boy, little girl. She 
rose from the dead. Just a point about God's reaction to our prostrating ourselves in humility before him. There are many biblical examples I could take you to where people prostrated themselves. They fell at Jesus or God's feet. God's response in nearly every occasion was to say, stand on your feet. I'd like to speak to you. Yes, humility attracts God, but then he desires that we stand and connect with him in love, truth and hope. Next character quality, honesty. Our example today has already been mentioned in our seeking description, a criminal who was on a cross alongside Jesus. As you know, there are in fact criminals on either side of Jesus. One said with cynicism, aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. The other rebuked him and said, do you not fear God? We are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. That he turned to Jesus and said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth, today you will be with me in paradise. The result of the criminal's honesty, connection. God loves honesty. 1 John 1 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, we usually stop there because that's positive, but if we read on, we read, if we claim we have not sinned, his word has no place in our lives. If we're not honest, we cannot connect with God. If we're honest, we have that wonderful connection. I just want to share another example that I like and that helps me. It's the story of Gideon. And we're told that an angel came uh, to Gideon and said, God wants you to lead the Israelites uh, in battle against the Midianites. Now, Gideon wasn't too sure about this, and he said to the angel, I, I want some proof that you've come from God. And so the angel said, Gideon, put a piece of meat and some bread on that rock. Gideon did it, and then the angel touched the rock with his staff, and they were consumed by fire. However, Gideon wasn't satisfied. He wanted more proof, and he asked God, he said, I'm going to put this fleece out, and uh, Overnight, I would like the fleece to be covered with dew and the ground dry. God heeded Gideon, but that wasn't the end. Gideon said, do not be angry with me, God. Let me just make one more request. Now, what he was really saying, see, speaking honestly, he's saying, God, I know I'm a pain in the neck. I, I know I should have accepted what you were saying by now, but... Uh, would you mind just one more miracle? This time make the fleece dry and the ground around me wet with dew. God, God did it. See, God likes honesty. And I like this story. I'll tell you why. Because I find myself asking God to be patient with me. I question things. Sometimes I should believe and trust in. But I, like Gideon, go to God and say, God, Please be patient with me. I know sometimes I'm a pain in the neck. And God says, yes, you are. But uh, 
I say, I'm slow to understand and believe some things, uh, but just give me time and help me to understand. And, and I just find God responds, and he's pleased with my honesty, I understand, and eventually things come clear and good. Next point, God connects if our words are heartfelt and filled with emotion. I was able to attend John Chambers' funeral on Tuesday, and I'm sure some of you watched on the live streaming, and the eulogies were filled with sincerity, love, emotion, tears, grief, and thanks. It was so hard not to be moved to tears. And don't we feel a connection with people when they share heartfelt words with emotion? Well, I believe God is also moved and connects with our heartfelt words and emotions. In our example so far, God saw Hezekiah's tears. Jesus was moved by Jairus, who fell at his feet and pleaded for help. In Luke 7, we read about a prostitute who came to Jesus. Her plan was to anoint his feet with perfume. But when she was standing there and he was reclined at the table, uh, she cried and her tears wet his feet. And so then she bent down and knelt and dried his feet with her hair and then applied the perfume. Jesus, of course, observed this. He said to her, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. See, Jesus discerned her heart to be forgiven and make a new start. Her tears and actions connected with God's heart. I believe God comes to us when our words and emotions are heartfelt, sincere and honest. God's moved by passion and patience. My example, blind Bartimaeus. Now Jesus is leaving Jericho. There's a large crowd of people walking along the road with him and this blind man, Bartimaeus, is sitting by the roadside begging and he hears that Jesus is going past. He began to shout, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now many in the crowd rebuked him and said, just keep quiet, uh, Bartimaeus. Uh, but he didn't. He shouted all the more. Jesus stopped and called him. He jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. Jesus asked what he wanted. He replied, I want to see. Immediately he received his sight. And the beautiful thing is it says he followed Jesus down the road. Now here's the lesson. I'm not saying shout louder, but be passionate. Don't be put off by those who say give up. Be persistent. There's a little song. Reach out and touch the Saviour as he's passing by. You'll find he's not too busy to hear your heart's cry. He's passing by this moment, so give it a try. Reach out and touch the Saviour as he's passing by. Another note. We don't always get exactly what we cry out for. But Jesus will always stop and connect and encourage us on our journey as we, like Bartimaeus, follow him along the road. My next point that is attractive to God, a childlike disposition. In Mark 10, we read about parents who were bringing their little children to Jesus. They wanted him to touch them and bless them. But the disciples rebuked them and said, no, he's too busy to uh, worry about the kids. Come with me as we read 
Mark 10, verses 14 to 16. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He wasn't pleased. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them and blessed them. That speaks to me of beautiful connection. The lesson from the children. They display a beautiful innocence, an open receptivity, dependence, sincerity and trust. These are qualities that God appreciates in children and adults. Our relationship with God is not based on effort or merit, but on God's love and grace. He blesses us as we come with childlike, a childlike disposition. Yes, it's called connection. Next one, repentance. A broken and contrite heart, O God, thou will not despise. We read in Psalm 51:17. Contrite means regret and remorse for past sin and resolve to avoid future sin. Regret and resolve, a change of heart and mind from not going God's way to wanting to go God's way. And of course you know where I'm going. Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son and the loving father. Now the son had selfishly sinned and disregarded his father's love, leaves his father's home, but doesn't take too long. He's at the end of his sinful rope hits the wall and repents. Now I think uh, repentance is so well defined here. The rebellious and selfish son, we're told, comes to his senses. I think that's a great description of repentance. Then he heads for home and he's planning to say to his father, I've sinned against God and against you. I'm not even worthy to be called your son. The father's response, God's response. The father runs to his son, embraces him, kisses him, throws a party and says, my son who is lost is found. My son who is dead is alive again. Repentance results in relationship. Connection between God and us. Father and son, father and daughter, back together, connected in and by love. Final Faith. It's not the end of my sermon. I'm sure we've got a bit to go. We want to hear about what God does to connect with us. But our last responsibility or action, faith. I've left this one to last, but in fact, nothing connects us up with God like faith. In fact, I believe all the qualities that connect us with God mentioned so far are qualities, components, characteristics of faith. What is faith? It's simply trust. It's belief. It's love looking to and leaning on God. A few scriptures. God opened the door of faith. So faith is in fact the door that brings us into relationship with God. We gain access by faith into God's grace. That's how we get access to him. Through faith in Jesus, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. And Jesus has opened that door for us to go to God. Come to the message, Hebrews 11.6. It is impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God 
must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. I perhaps would illustrate uh, faith is like a handshake. When we handshake, we shake someone's hand, we're connecting. And faith is like a handshake with God. Faith connects us up with God. Faith plays, sorry, faith plugs us into the person, the promises, the provision, the power of God. In fact, I like to describe faith as being the conduit through which the power, the promises, the provision, uh, the person of God flows into our lives. Listen to this. This is so good. A final point on faith. Galatians 3.11. The righteous will live by faith. As Christians, God wants us to live in connection with him. And Galatians 3.9. Those who have faith are blessed. Yes, as we're connected to God, we are blessed. So we've looked at several ways which we can connect up with God. Seek, pray, humility, honesty, heartfelt, passion, childlike disposition, repentance and faith. Let's connect. It's what God wants. But now I want to quickly look at God's initiative with our connecting. Firstly, his word, the Bible his story. It's God's revelation to his human family. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is God-breathed. We get to know God through reading his word. For everyone, we're told, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? I like that because it's telling us God doesn't expect us to have blind faith just to accept because someone tells us we need to do it. No, he's saying, how are you going to believe unless you've heard about me? He wants us to, hear, uh, he wants us to think. Give us a brain. He wants us to use it. And Romans 10, 17 goes on to say, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. So God, the Bible is God's love letter to humankind. And so we sing, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. His word, secondly, his world. Come to Romans 1.20. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, been understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. Listen to what the message translation says. The basic reality of God is plain enough. Open your eyes. There it is. Psalm 19, 1-4. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. See, creation is a way God has designed to connect with us. After each day of creation, we read God said, it's good, I like it. Now we look at creation and we say it's good, I like it. And so we can connect with God through our mutual appreciation of his creation. 
Now, I was lucky enough about three weeks ago to head across to the Air Peninsula at Port Lincoln, Streaky Bay, and then I went to the surfing beach that I surfed 57 years ago that we named Cactus. I just wanted to say, though, the, the, the visuals on that Air Peninsula are beautiful. The, the sea, the colour of the sea, the waves, the cliffs, the, the plants, the, the swamps, just everything is so beautiful. And, and I'm so encouraged when I look and I think, that is so nice. And I hear God say, yeah, I'm glad you like it, and I like it too. And it makes me realise I can connect with God because he made this beautiful planet and, and we can appreciate it together and with him. You know, sometimes I think, God, uh, you know, will, will we really get on? And then when I look at creation and he says, do you like it? And I say, I do. And he says, so do I. And we can enjoy it together. I just find it encouraging. His third way of connecting is his wondrous love. You're going to know this one, but let's read it together. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. So God the Father has come to us in the person of his son Jesus, that we might believe and connect up with him and enjoy abundant life. And Jesus confirmed his mission. He said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, to connect the lost with God. Now, do you remember at the start of my message, I gave illustrations of people seeking to find Jesus, the shepherds, the wise men, Simeon, Simon Peter, Zacchaeus, Nicodemus, and the thief. Well, I believe that they all, in fact, followed a God-inspired leading. See, the truth is, God is behind all our connection. We love because he first loved us. God does not want us to walk the pathway of life without his company. God wants to walk with us. You know, Jesus loved walking and talking with his disciples. It's estimated in the three years of Jesus' ministry, he walked 5,000 kilometres, walking and talking with his disciples. This one always just moves me greatly. On the day of his resurrection, just imagine the greatest miracle perhaps that has ever happened. Jesus rises from the dead. He sees two men walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, a distance of 15 kilometres. They're confused. They were hoping Jesus was the Christ. They knew he got killed, and now they've heard he'd risen from the dead. They are really confused about what's going on. Well, Jesus went and walked with them for that 15 kilometres, and he sorted out their confusion. Jesus wants to do the same with us. In the words of the hymn, he lives, he lives, Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. I'm going to share a couple of little testimonies that I know I've shared with you, but I go walking up Belair National Park and I was a bit down this day and I'm walking along this little track and I said, oh Jesus, I wish you were walking with me. 
Straight away the answer came, I am. So comforting, so good. Then a little bit later I'm walking along, not the same time, but a track, and I said, God, be patient with me, but I'm a bit confused who I'm meant to be walking with. You or Jesus or the Holy Spirit? And the answer came straight back, walk with the three of us. How good is that? Walking up a track at Belair National Park with God the Father, Jesus the Son and the Holy Spirit. What a way to go. It's the way he wants us to go. He wants to connect up with us. He wants us to connect up with him. My closing scripture and words, 1 John 1, 7. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship. We're connected with God. We're connected together. If we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. God and us connected. It's a great way to live. Let's do it. Thank you, Kathy and musicians. Gonna got an opportunity to use music as a way of connecting with God and singing singing to him, knowing that he's with us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, just as David preached. And so if God has been speaking to you, and I know he has to me, um, let's use this time to let what he's been saying to us just sink deeper into our hearts so that we can carry, carry that word with us each day this week. stand, you can raise your hands, you can sit and bow your head, whatever you need to do, just to be with him.
thank you, music team. Uh, thanks for, for leading us this morning. Just just pray that you, even as we've sung together, have been able to connect with God uh, this morning. David, I, I want to thank you as well for bringing the message today. Uh, it's just so heartening to know that uh, we have a God who's created all we see around us, but still wants to have a deep and personal connection with us. And, um, and it's not that difficult for us to connect with him. It's not a matter of putting on false airs and graces. Uh, it's about having a genuine desire to want to know him. Um, just an ability to be real and genuine with him and to be able to come as we are. Um, yeah, David shared so much that we can just, uh, I think, latch hold of and apply. And just as we close this morning, my, my prayer is for all of us that uh, as we go on into this week and, and the day even ahead of us now, that uh, for those that don't know him, this might be the start of a point of connection. And, and for those um, who do, that just in this week you might connect with him in a new and deep and meaningful way. Um, yeah, thanks for being a part of this this service this morning. Uh, really pray uh, that you have sensed God uh, in what's been said, uh, in how we've been able to sing together. And just through the Spirit, I just pray that he's whispered something to you that you can just latch hold of. And yeah, that might just be just a, a small seed that might grow into something great. Yeah, so... Uh, I just want to finish by thanking God, uh, Lord. I just thank you that you walk with us, even though we're not together. Uh, nothing ever separates us from your love. Uh, we just thank you for that, and just our earnest desire is to know you more, and just for you to work uh, through our lives. I just pray these things in Jesus' name. Thank you, and Amen. Uh, yeah, all the best. Uh, look forward to. Uh, each of you joining us again next week and yeah tell a friend um, show them the link and we'd just love for them to be part of this as well great bye for now